Everything I did wrong this week all started with the same mistake. It's breathing. <laughs> it's breathing. <laughs> okay, I didn't think I was going to laugh today, but that was a good one. You're welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of F Them Fish, ADHD for grown-ups. This is the podcast for people with ADHD, people who know someone with ADHD, who might have ADHD in their family or in their friendship or in their workplace. And it's also a podcast for people who think they might have ADHD or someone they love might have ADHD and you are looking for a little bit more information. I'm Callie Barrett, my husband... Lucky Barrett. ...is also here and we are having all of those conversations about what it is like to find out as an adult you have ADHD. I am 43... I got diagnosed formally at 42. My husband, Lachlan, is how old are you this week, Lucky? 27. 27 again. Awesome. 38. 38. Did I get that right? Shit. It is. It's your rules. Oh, fuck. Your birthday, your recollection, <laughs> no, your rules. No, no. No, you're five years younger than me and I'm 43. Okay, mm-hmm. good. He is 38. We decided to do this podcast because being a little bit older, uh, we found that a lot of the things we were looking for answers of for... They weren't actually there. There was a lot of people with a late diagnosis um, who were in their 20s, which is very, very late to be diagnosed with ADHD. But for us, a lot of those things weren't quite the same. So we always like to say at the beginning of every episode, we are not medical professionals. We are simply finding our way through this ourselves. You will hear that we are very open, very honest about what we're going through. And we like to share that with you. And from what we hear, it seems to be uh, resonating with a few of you. We've had a few very interesting uh, messages come through. People were asking for more information or asking us to explain things a little bit better. And that's that's a really exciting thing to, to hear that people are, they like us. We don't have the ability, the experience, the knowledge, the anything to speak for anyone else. We are only speaking for our own experience. And I think that's really important. And if that resonates, resonates. if that is something that you share even a minute of our experience with, then enjoy the ride. It's not easy at times. And if it at all helps, it's good that other people can, what's the word? Oh, no. Get something from it. It's good that other people can connect. Connect. With connect our story. Word. And can share the experience and go, you know what, that is me. That's happened in my house. That's the conversation I had today. Yeah. And it just might make their day a little bit easier, which is nice to know. Yeah. I've had a few people come up and go, oh my God, it's like listening to the conversations that happen in my house to like the conversations between me and my husband, uh, which is, which is kind of cool. All right. So today we're going to talk about two adults Trying to talk about ADHD. All right, we're going to have to stop this because I'm actually already bored of this now. So today, what we have decided we're going to be looking at is diagnosis. just want to say we are obviously in Australia. We have done a bit of research into diagnosis in other countries as well because we keep being asked about it. Certainly... um, nice number of people who are interacting with us on TikTok now and we get a number of questions and I've been asked oh is that the same in the UK or what about in the US and things like that so we'll have a little look at some of those differences. 
I think it's important to restate that this is our experience and so it may not be the same that everyone has been through or that other people are going through. Yeah. However, if you haven't started this journey yet, you may just pick up a few little pointers on the way just by having a little discussion about this and thinking of the steps that we have been through and hopefully that'll set you up for a bit of an easier ride. Yeah, definitely. Something good that's happened this week. What have you had? Have you had anything, uh, anything fun this week? Any, uh, any, any happy stories? I haven't run into any roller doors. Well, oh, that's a bit of a bonus. I did find a joke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So last week was memes. This week we got some jokes. I mean, it jokes very loose, but we can go with it. Yeah, let's do it. Because to be fair, I think we do need to say it's been a bit of a tough few days, um, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about later. So let's start with some jokes. I don't actually think it's a punchline, but you'll get it. Okay. I have ADHD and have troubles getting to sleep. My doctor recommended counting sheep. One sheep, two sheep, three sheep, cow, duck, horse, old MacDonald <laughs> had a farm and bingo was his name Oh. That's funny. Do you know, this is going to sound so lame, but my sleep is so dreadful. But our our daughter has given me a, like one of her teddies. And I hate to say it, but it's working legitimately. It's a pound puppy. For those of you who remember pound puppies from the original first time round, well, they have, they've made a bit of a comeback. I am sleeping with the pound puppy and I literally cuddle this pound puppy and it's helping me sleep. I would say I've got on average an hour or two more every night this week than I did last week. Well, that's something I guess you can uh, resonate with in terms of a stim is that she obviously uses certain teddies Mm. to calm herself or to self-regulate. And so she identifies within herself that she needs a certain teddy to be able to comfort herself if she can't sleep properly. And so I guess she thinks that you need a teddy too. So that's yep. the way that her Turns brain out she's right though. Um, negotiates those situations. So I guess we go off to Costco and buy one of those big ass 10 foot teddy bears <laughs> no. and be done with it. No, I, I'm quite happy with my pound puppy, I think. She is very, 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 um, very considerate and very, very caring about other people. One thing I have been doing this week, well, not this week, it was more at the weekend, but then I uh, have been gradually uploading them over the course of the week. Um, I decided that I was going to start making songs up about ADHD <laughs> and I'm laughing because talk about make a complete tit out of yourself on TikTok. That is what I've been doing. I, um, did my best Britney Spears. TikTok. TikTok. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's something different. Could be different. I think it's Don't di- Google that. <laughs> Don't do that, especially not on a work computer. Holy shnikes. I think it's something different. So diagnosis seems to be the biggest thing that people have challenges with. And um, certainly we have. It's been a big challenge. One of the things I think it's really important to mention is what is right for one person will not be right for everyone. It's such a, a broad spectrum that you might only have a few of the things that someone else has. However, it doesn't mean that you don't have ADHD or you're not neurodiverse. What it means is everyone is individual to the way that they respond to those tick boxes in your diagnosis. Diag far out. Diagnosis. Are we going to do that again? Well, diagnosis is a thing. 
I mean, did we make fetch happen? I don't know. It might have happened for about four and a half seconds well, after the first episode. Personal best. Diagesis. <laughs> okay. So um, so let's talk about then about diagesis. So it is quite involved going through and finding out exactly what it is that you're diagnosed with. Now, as an adult, this process can be quite a bit shorter than it is for children. Now, I think it's really important to note, it depends on your start point. So if you are someone who has, you've already almost come to terms with it a little bit, you're functioning fairly well in your life, but you're looking for additional support. It's very different to if you are someone where you're just, you feel like your house of cards is just collapsing on a daily basis and you need to understand more about what, what's happening and you're really looking for intense support. So your start point can be very, very different. And I think that's important because it means that your, your journey is probably going to be very, very different. So here in Australia, you have a number of different options for getting your diagnosis. They all need to start with your primary healthcare provider. So generally a GP. If you don't have a GP, I highly recommend you find one if you can. Now, we have talked on two episodes about the privilege that goes hand in hand with having a diagnosis. So we know that a lot of people don't, in Australia, and I would imagine similarly around the world, don't actually have a GP, um, you know, that is there for their family in the way that people used to say 20 years ago. And so in and of itself, that's not always as easy as it as you know, you would think. You'd speak to your GP and you say you would like to investigate this further and you have those conversations. Now, your GP could refer you, depending on your start point, to a psychologist, to a, a clinical psychologist, to a psychiatrist, or there is actually another option as well. So for me, she referred me to a psychiatrist and to a psychologist all those things. The books were all closed. I couldn't get in to see anyone. It was absolutely impossible. I spoke to some to a friend and, and my friend was like, I saw a neurologist. And so I spoke to my GP and she said, yeah, there's a really good neurologist here in, uh, in Canberra. And that was the same one my friend had seen. And so I went, toddled off, saw, my, saw the neurologist. And that's where I got my diagnosis. And so many people don't know it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist. Yet everything is always talking about how it can only be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Not true. So if we go back to that beginning of your diagnosis and going to see the GP, mm. what was your initial thoughts? What was going through your brain? Obviously a million things. Yeah. And but that tentativeness, that, that nervousness, the, the trying to figure out... I mean, knowing you, you would have been trying to unself-diagnose yourself. My GP had been talking about it for several years. And so I had then, you know, listened to what she said. But, you know, as we all know, I'd gone and found information elsewhere. I had actively, I guess, sought out information from p other people in my environment. So whether that was in podcasts, I'm not going to mention it, if that was in podcasts or on social media, or I really like reading journal articles. I know um, I do like doing really good desktop research where I can. So really deep diving into things. But even with all that, even with my GP, 
when I went to the neurologist, I I turned up for my appointment. And as I got there, his receptionist said actually um, called me a couple of days before and said, don't forget, when you come, remember to bring your referral. I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. Thanks so much for the reminder. So, of course, I forgot it. And I turned up and they're like, now, nah, have you got your referral? And I went, oh, oh. I'm sorry, you even called me to remind me. I was like, I think my husband's at home. I'll get him to take a photo and send it through or whatever. I called you and you were you went looking for it. And- I was legitimately like, here we go again. You've forgotten something and I need to go and find it. Well, I mean, I couldn't. I was physically in a different place. And unfortunately, you know, I can't disapparate anywhere. Bucky's never seen or read Harry Potter, so he wouldn't really get the reference. No, I'm Harry Potter-less. But yeah, so... Abracadabra. I was then sat in the... Abracadabra is not Harry Potter. It's magic. No, it's... In fact, the closest one to that is Avada Kedavra, which is the killing curse. So we don't want to be going there on that one. Yeah, so I I sat in reception and, um, you know, probably about 10, 15 minutes, waiting for Lockie to find it, send it through, waiting for the neurologist to be ready. And he comes out of his room, you know, 10 minutes later or whatever, and he's like, so have you got the referral to the receptionist? And they're like, "Um, yes, she's just getting her husband to send it. And he was like, yeah, no worries. He was like, come on in. And uh, as we walked into his office, he went, I know what you're here for, and nudged me with his shoulder, all kind of like conspiratorially, like wink, wink. And I was like, what? And he said, ADHD, am I right? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, he said, you forgot your referral. You haven't sat still since you've been here. Um, And while I'm waiting for it to come through, I am taking a guess that you are here for an ADHD diagnosis. And I was just like... I was a little bit taken aback and I was like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, actually, I think you'll find. Yeah, you're right, actually, you know, I am here for that. You're the yeah. professional, <laughs> you're the professional, you have to be right. But let me tell you what I just Googled. No, it wasn't anything like that, but I still, I really didn't think it was that obvious. And when he said about, like, I haven't sat still since I'd been in there and that he'd come in and out, which I hadn't realised, and he'd come in and out and kind of observed me a little bit in the reception. And I was just like, really? And that was when I came home and said to you, do I fidget? I'm shocked and appalled. And you were like, uh, yeah. I was like, I don't. And it was quite confronting. I'm not going to lie. I can make a joke out of it, but it was quite confronting. So the neurologist in Australia can also, um, you know, prescribe medication. And, and he did. And I still thought that it was all a big mistake. I just managed to convince them, but I didn't actually have it. You know, like I think when you've been medically gaslighted for so long, um, made to feel like, you know, you're, you know, you're making stuff up. I honestly thought up until that first tablet kicked in, I still thought it was all a big mistake. Well, it's an interesting point saying that medical gaslighting and there's nothing wrong with you and, you know, you're a hypochondriac, yeah. I assumed it was just me being a hypochondriac, yeah. I was actually having a fun conversation with some uh, friends the other day and the one of the comments was that being from another country, you wouldn't be diagnosed with ADHD or neurodiversity. You wouldn't be allowed to have something wrong with you to that level. It would literally be 
forced, shall we say, out of you so that you didn't act in a different way. And that's really sad to hear that people have to change their behaviour. And it's like I, left-handedness, right? Well, I know um, living with you and watching you mask, imagine having to do that your entire life because of the appearance it would have on other people or your family or your stature or something like that. That's horrible. That is my life. That is what I've done. And it might be more internalised that I have done those things from that sense of shame, but that is exactly what I've done. That's exactly what masking is. I have hidden or forced myself not to do certain things and a lot of that has been driven by other people around me telling me my behavior was unacceptable yeah, 100% and I'm not trying to deny no, that I'm at all it's that trying not to make a harsher word than what it is but to so you're saying con- about being beaten that was the word that, that you was used the word when that was you first being told used. me story was, so just it use was that word. word it's not a problem it was the forcefulness of being of having or the attempt to have your neuro I, you know, I can't really actually say neurodiversity. I've noticed, I yeah. tend to say neuri very quickly. I've noticed that, yeah. And so then I try and cover it up and I never do because I just repeat it. The fact of having your neurodiversity beaten out of you to try and teach you to be a different person, that's bullshit. It's happened with so many things though. As I oh, say, left-handedness. Not that long ago, like my mum's generation and stuff, they would, they would, if they wrote with their left hand, they would get the cane well, that's, on you, their hand. You find anything that people can't find a direct answer for or a direct fix mm. for. It's just how do we have this social acceptance if we have to go through these huge learning curves to begin with? Yeah, and how do you get a social acceptance around something where no two people present the same? And I think I, that's a big challenge. A hundred percent. And I think that helped me. It actually kind of sparked me a little bit with a a little superpower, superhuman in terms of ADHD, or even let's just say in terms of neurodiversity, who's to say that people that are neurodiverse aren't the normal ones and the rest of us just haven't evolved and adapted enough yet? Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I've never thought it. Are we just the next stage of human evolution? We can test it. If you clap, the light should go off. No, I don't don't think that's how it works. The lights are still on. I didn't clap. So I can't. Look, you can't clap. You need to. Everyone can clap. (laughs) No, I cannot unveil all of my powers straight away. Otherwise, um, our plan to take over the world is going to fail. I think that's going to be the next Netflix limited edition series, neurodiverse superheroes. Well, there are lots already. There's actually a lot of neurodiverse characters on TV and not your stereotypical. What's that doctor who is all about, you know, the autistic doctor and stuff like that? Like that's, that's one presentation of it. But there's actually lots and lots and lots of characters. Let's not just forget the fact that he's a doctor. Yeah, so, but that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is that it's it's a real stereotypical, you know, he's a genius because he's autistic. Well, that's just not the case for everybody. The stereotyping on the TV is BS. Talking of that, can we take a side quest into Disney? 
Yes. This is a side quest and we're going to side quest. Could we make that a jingle? What do you reckon? No? No, I don't think I approve of that one. Let's Leave the jingles going. up to me. No, I want... Well, do but, me a jingle. I want a, I want a side quest jingle. I, I can't just perform at a whim. You haven't given me side any money. Side quest. Side quest. Side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest. No, that what are you not strumming? It, <laughs> I'm air strumming a ukulele. No worries, T-Rex arms. <laughs> what is that doctor called? I don't know. Okay, I can't remember either. The young guy, I can't remember his name. Um, not Doogie Hauser, who probably was the first neurodivergent. The only doctor character. I can think of is House. No, I know. I keep thinking of House as well, but I think he's just a twat. No? He was just an asshole. He wasn't actually neurodiverse. He I mean, was I've, just an utter prick. I've never met him, but... No, no, his character was supposed to be a prick. I like, I like the uh, the actor, but, um, but yeah. So everyone's always like, "Oh, we don't talk about Bruno," and Bruno being the first, um, uh, like openly neurodiverse character. And I'm like, "Are you bonkers?" Have you seen Aladdin? Aladdin. Genie is clearly neurodiverse. Oh, in what way? How much can he not stay on topic? Yeah, And he forgets what he's doing and he changes and oh. he's fidgeting. I hadn't even thought about that. You ain't never had a friend like me. <gasps> even that line. You ain't never had a friend like me because he's different. Oh, my God. Well, actually, the first person I wanted to talk about was uh, Gabby from Vivo. If you haven't seen Vivo, it is a Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, animated movie called Vivo. It's set in Cuba, but there is a character in it called Gabby. And she is, I'd say, a tween. I think she's about 11 or 12. And she is so neurodiverse. Like it is, And this came out before Encanto. So it was, it was the one released just before Encanto. It's not Disney. Okay, but it's an animated, very mainstream kind of uh, animated movie. So Gabby... She sings a song about dancing to the beat of her own drum. Um, and there's a line and it says, you're at a 10. I need you at a three. Yo, I am a 10. Like it's a real, she's very, very clearly, clearly neurodiverse. Belle, Beauty and the Beast. Explain. They sing a song about how weird she is because of the fact she likes reading. Because of the fact that she is like all up in her own, in her own space and really does not give a flying kangaroo poo about what the rest of them are going on about. She's like, nah, man, I'm over here. I don't care about you and your social norms. I'm over here living my most authentic life. Fun fact. Yeah. Going back to Jeannie, that was my only, mm-hmm. my, Ariel. My only addition. Yep. Jeannie clearly had neurodiverse traits. I, I had not seen it, but I'm on board. But yeah. also, did you know, actor Will Smith has ADHD. You're welcome. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I mean, we could make that song about, oh. Yeah, so Ariel, well, she is all over the freaking place. Really poor impulse control. Very, very bad when it comes to decision making. She just gives up her voice. Hello, don't give her a credit card. What is with the hyperfixation on humans? Would Dory be? Aha! Dory could not be anymore. 
Yes, 100%. But even if you look at Encanto on its own, we don't talk about Bruno because he's the neurodiverse one. Um, sorry. Mirabelle. So constant attempts to people, please. She is, uh, you know, again, a little bit chaotic, a little bit all over the place. You have Dolores. Um, is she sensory overwhelm? Um, I think so. Literally has to speak in a whisper because she's so, you know, overwhelmed by noise. Auditory processing disorder. Yes, thank you very much. Then we have um, Tia Pepper. Emotional dysregulation because whenever she gets emotional, the weather goes crazy. Luisa, who is quite literally masking within an inch of her life. I mean, like surface pressure. Just listen to the lyrics of that song. Then you have Little Miss Pretty. What's her name? Isabella. So Isabella, she again, another masking. She has masked everything to be pretty, to follow the norms or the expectations of her as a female and then she does, she has the song, the big coming out, what else can I do, where she starts growing cacti and all these sorts of things and just doing entirely different things. And yes, you have Bruno. He is the obvious one. But every other character in the show is neurodiverse. They're all different presentations of it. Go back and watch Encanto with that lens. Each character is a different presentation of what either ADHD autism or another type of neurodiversity what if now that you've watched that movie however many times you've watched it 11 to 12 yep the whole movie is only mirabelle and all the other characters are figments of her imagination to survive Mm. each day they are her masks could you imagine what an ending though like you get to this big song this big finish and then it's just her she's just been standing there alone in a room the whole time i'm (laughs) feeling I think I just came up with another little Netflix series. Oh, my goodness. We're probably going to have to call an end to this side quest at some point because every single freaking movie, Anna from Frozen. Sounds a lot like you. Trying to relationship someone you just met. You tell yourself that, sweetheart. Did you relationship (laughs) someone you just met? No. Did you? Did you? Did you? I think you did. There are really obvious ones I'm going to have missed out on. I'm just we don't like, have to we could name literally, them all. no, I know. We could literally, like, we should do a like a full Disney flipping um, oh. episode and just really go into it. And just, we could, oh, we could do an episode where we recreate all the scenes from Disney. It'd be mm. interesting to do a podcast based on characters from cartoons, movies, mm-hmm. whatever, because they base a character off of their actor or actress trying to intertwine what part of that character is actually the, real and what is the written. screenplay mm. or whether that's the that's interesting the internal character of the real person coming through lisa simpson bart simpson want to fight yeah i know that's why it made me think of it yeah but bart simpson and they're the same person who does that voice it's is the it? woman it's the woman who does the voice for bart and lisa yeah You know, we can talk about Bruno, but honestly, I'd really rather not because Bruno is just the stereotypical, he just perpetuates the stereotype of, you know, autism, spectrum disorder or ADHD that is already fairly well known. Let's look at those girls. Let's look at Jeannie. 
And I think the important thing to note too is when you think about Bruno, and this is only from what I've heard from you, as I have not seen it, he's actually the lynch of the movie. Like he is the important part that links everything together to understand how they all interact. Uh, yeah, he, he is a connection point. Yeah, and that's that's supposed to be the message in, this, in the story, right? They've all gone, oh, Bruno's so terrible, he's so terrible. But actually, here's a positive story about Bruno. Actually, but by doing that, they're just perpetuating the stereotype and not looking at all those women around him who have themselves been Side, side quest. Yes, please. Has whichever toy company, have they developed a Bruno doll or yeah. a Bruno toy they have? Yeah, you know how we got the ones we had Mirabelle and Isabella? There was a Bruno one there then. Nice. I was just wondering. Do you know the most Completely popular? Completely wondering. You know the most popular character from Encounter for all of the merch, for everything? Louisa. She's very muscly. She's really, um, you know, I guess traditionally masculine presenting. Um, apparently they made a shit ton of Isabella stuff, thinking all the little girls would want the Isabella pretty thing. And apparently the Louisa stuff has been absolutely selling out everywhere. That's a pretty cool fact. Freaking amazing, right? Love it. Yeah, that was my side quest. Diddly-doo, 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 diddly-doo. We can go back to the normal one now if you like. I don't know what instrument that diddly do was, but you were diddly playing do, it. Diddly do. You were um, strumming your harping. fingers and whatever it was. It was a harp. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my T-Rex arms. I have longer arms for my harp. This diddly is do, why you don't do, play an instrument. <laughs> well, and that and the fact that I've never, ever, ever been able to learn how to read music. You don't really need to. Mm, I think it's kind of. You just, I mean, I don't read music and I made up the jingle. You don't read music? I thought you did. Nope. Kid can read music. That's kind of cool. I just make things up. Mm. So diagesis. Diagesis. Hey, on that, how stupid is ADHD as a term? Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Actually, what a lot of people find, they don't have a deficit in attention. They have too much attention. And so because they have too much attention, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> It is often fragmented. There's a social media ADHD influencer that I follow called Connor DeWolf. And he proposed renaming ADHD to... You ready? Yep. Dave. Oh, yeah. Dopamine, attention, variability, executive dysfunction. So we have a dopamine deficit. What have I said about motorbikes? There's another... Oh, can you hear that? That's... No, I can't hear the same motorbike that you can hear. I actually let him know that we're going to be recording, so I asked him to drive past because you love it. Because <laughs> you love it. Where's, um, my, where's my ukulele? Have you heard that motorbike? He's going to start driving past. You love it. You don't have you heard that motorbike? I'm going to stab him with a knife. You love it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't drive a motorbike, by the way. <laughs> also, I wouldn't stab anyone. I'd miss them. I drive motorbikes like you play musical instruments. People with ADHD often have a dopamine deficit, which means that, you know, you're feeling that that's what kind of plays into a lot of the emotional dysfunction and why it's hard and the executive dysfunction as well and why it's hard to kind of do stuff. And then we have challenges with attention. Um, 
there's a real level of variability. You know, we're not consistent. We don't have that stable or stability in mood. And then a lot of people with ADHD have quite severe executive dysfunction. So they find it difficult to do tasks or complete tasks. Like you start every task under the sun, but completing them is really hard. So dopamine, attention, variability, executive dysfunction. Boom. So I actually went down a rabbit hole with this one because I was trying to come up with things that were interesting and knowledgeable to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but really I've just spent the week Googling. Basically. Learning. Learning. Oh, oh no. Researching. Do your research. Do your research. Yeah. But it's not to prove any fact. It's to just note that there are differing people with ADHD just don't have low dopamine. Some people have excess excess dopamine in the sense that you've got oh, yeah. um, something very interesting that I found was what is labeled as the ADHD iceberg. Right. And this is a very high level review of this iceberg. And so it says what people think ADHD is. ADH. I know in Australia you say H, but it, sorry. I mean, this isn't a language podcast. I know, I'm sorry. I'm I realized a, I got distracted. Lots, did, it just bothers you? me when everyone says ADHD. I'm did like, you while your fingers oh. are twitching? You're fidgeting. Right now you are the Titanic and I'm going to throw this iceberg right, throw at you. Throw me the iceberg. Iceberg, so right what, ahead. What people think ADHD. Oh, is that better? ADH. H. What people think ADH. H. H. It's not H. It's H. The what? whole country is wrong. The ADHD iceberg. Yeah. What people Thank you. think I ADHD that you just is did that. Thank you. above the waterline is just trouble focusing and fidgeting. Mm-hmm. So if that's how you're going to diagnosis yourself, yep. then yes, if your laundry isn't done, clearly you must have ADHD because you haven't done your laundry. Mm. However, below the line, and I'll name out a couple because there's a good 20-odd here and there is more. I found lots of different ADHD diet, uh, symptoms. I found a lot more ADHD icebergs that go into depth and detail, but it's important to note that it's a spectrum, so you can't quite... No, it's like a pick and mix. You can't easily put them all on one page, No, all the symptoms. But difficulty maintaining relationships, depression, poor impulse control, mood swings, hyperfixations, sleeping problems, losing items relentlessly. Shut up. Choice paralysis. Uh, yeah, it's a big one. Chronic unemployment. Mm-hmm. Trouble regulating emotions, mm-hmm. all or nothing, forgetting to eat, sleep, or go to the bathroom, and that's only a handful. There's there's a good twenty odd things here, and I think you know maybe we'll put up both pictures that I found because one goes into far greater detail. Mm-hmm. But it's important to note that when you're looking at your diagnosis, <laughs> it's more than just oh I fidget or I have trouble focusing. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, and no matter what symptoms you have or you display, that's your level of awesome. Yeah, there you go. Love it. Perfect. There is a thing. So you know that we obviously focus on real strengths-based approach. We try to remain in the positive, right? We all know there are challenges. So and, and anywhere you go, you will find those challenges. They will be laid out for everyone to see, right? And we, so we try to go, okay, cool, we're changing the deficit narrative. That said, to get a diagnosis of ADHD, these symptoms have to be problematic. They have to have a negative or detrimental impact on your life. If they're things that don't, 
if you are managing them perfectly well and because I was managing mine perfectly well, but there was a cost and I was not managing the cost well. And that cost is the emotional toll that it takes. It's the fact that I was constantly at the end of my tether, like I spent my life at the end of my tether. When COVID hit, and this has been quite well documented in, you know, psychology and in medical journals, we had so many strategies and they were almost invisible even to us in place. Tightly regimented, tightly controlled mechanisms and strategies we had in place to keep our, to manage our, what we now know as ADHD all fell apart. And it's not just people that we had around us, you know, there would be like routines or, um, you know, like certain services we accessed or certain things that we did in a certain way. When COVID hit and we all went into lockdowns and things like that, they were all taken away. That's why so many women particularly, but and people, female at birth, AFAB people, and, you know, certainly there are men as well, but so many people after COVID have found themselves going, I can't cope anymore. My house of cards has collapsed i think it's like because covid created a brand new brand new way of living life i guess i don't know i don't know the best way to put it i was listening to something the other day and um what was discussed was that although this person isn't diagnosed with adhd they said the amount of things that triggered or changed for them during that lockdown was that quite quickly in the first few weeks, you were looking to do anything to go outside, walk your dog 50 yeah. times a day, do yeah. a thing to interact with other people. Yeah. But how quite quickly that changed and you didn't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't depression. Yeah. It was that new way that your dynamic and your life had changed and the fact that this person said, I don't want to see another person in the street. Yeah. And it wasn't because of the, the fear of, you know, COVID. It was the way the brain had adapted in that period of time yep. was that I this person just did not want to see another person in the street. I can totally relate to that. People would have seen the post I put up a, a month or so ago saying about how I think the whole introvert-extrovert thing is overly simplistic and it's just a bit BS. But I am an introvert who has always masked as an extrovert. In simplistic terms, again, freaking hate those terms. I think, yeah, based on lockdowns, it brought a lot of realisations out to a lot of people, especially if they were going through a journey of neurodivergence. Neuri. Neuri. (laughs) I'm really good at the words. I think it's cute. Especially if they were going through that at that period of time as well like that would have been quite I guess shocking in terms of your whole world's been flipped upside down yeah and so now not only are you experiencing new elements of yourself which you're trying to understand you're doing it in a world that is closed off and you can't actually reach out to anyone yeah very much so so hilariously, since my diagnosis, I went back to Adelaide a few months ago and, and you know, saw all my really close friends that I've known for many, many years and, you know, they're my family, you know, was telling them. And I was like, yeah, so um, so I have ADHD now. Do you know, 
you know how like you see these things of of like people going oh you know here's some of the you know the kind of shitty comments i've had since um telling people about my adhd diagnosis and people going oh well you know but you don't seem like you have adhd or surely you're too successful yeah i didn't get any of that i don't know i didn't get any of that i think 100 percent of people went oh yeah that makes sense like yeah everybody (laughs) i was just like (laughs) i love the acceptance i love the fact that nobody challenged me on it because i didn't have to deal with that but you hear about people and you see people saying People don't accept this and I'm feeling I'm having to fight the battle to be acknowledged. I did not have that. Everybody was just like, yep. Yeah, yeah, nah, that makes sense. Yeah, nah, that's, that, um, sorry, yeah, nah, it's so Australian. I think everyone looked at you and went, oh, no, I'm shocked. No, they didn't even bother. They just went, literally, I uh-huh. remember one of them particularly just went, oh, yeah, looked at the other friend and went, that makes sense. <laughs> So that was funny. I think that's what's been a fun thing for people who have, you've been open with and said, look, you know, this is, I have ADHD, is I think after the fact now, replaying moments in their mind of things that you've gone through together as friends and them clicking going, that's why that happened. This is why that experience went out like this. This is why this went good. This is why that went bad just thinking about different countries and different avenues, that initial conversation should be able to start with your GP. It should, but, you know, a lot of people, as I say, don't have a GP anymore. And certainly my mum, like in the UK, she's saying that it's like eight months to even get a appointment with, like a phone appointment with a GP there. And so, you know, that that's a real problem. In the UK, right? Like, I'm sure it's not the case. The UK is, you know, it's like 17 different countries all in a very small space. But so there'd be places where that, that's not the case. But where she is, you can, she can't get to see a GP. And so it's like, well, well what do people do then? You know, like what, what do people do when you can't? It takes an already difficult situation. And it makes it feel unmanageable. Absolutely. But yeah, so in the UK, I did go on NHS, so National Health Service, because, you know, that's the that's the be all and end all really for the UK for diagnosis. In the UK, it says you either have to have, so for the formal assessment and diagnosis, a specialist child or adult psychiatrist, a paediatrician for a child, an appropriately qualified healthcare professional with training and expertise in the diagnosis of ADHD. That last bullet point there means... That could be a neurologist. That might even be, you know, your GP potentially could be specialised, right? You could have a GP that's chosen to specialise in it. But if they are a healthcare provider or a healthcare professional that has done specific training with ADHD, they could do that there. So I think that sounds really good. In the US, apparently nurses can prescribe medication, ADHD medication, which is amazing to me considering, you know, what you hear about apparently the... um, medication being abused over there it, it makes me laugh like there, there's this whole thing about oh you know people want an adhd diagnosis just so they can get speed i'm like my god seriously most adhd people have to set themselves 17 alarms just to remember to take their medication there are again different ways of finding out obviously everything is based on that dsm-5 recently amended so the dsm-5 um TR, it's called. So there's some new things in there. I don't know what TR stands for. Oh, text revision. 
Duh. That's a lot less text revision fancy than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's the first published revision since 2013. If your healthcare professional isn't aware the DSM five has been updated, it might be just something you wanna you wanna think about um, because of the fact that if they don't know, they might they might you might want to speak to somebody else. I think the important thing to acknowledge is that no matter where you're based and what country you're in, there will more than likely be a wait list, but it will be worth it. The outcome, the positive influence it will have on the way that you can start starting over as your true self, the avenue that you need to take, you're going to have to look into. Start with your GP if possible. Or the equivalent. Or the your, equivalent. Yeah. But the reward for that diagnosis is totally worth it. I know we talked about forgiving yourself, how you do. You forgive yourself and you start reframing how you have considered yourself for your entire life. God, that's what we've had more feedback about than anything else, to be honest, because it cannot be underestimated. A neurotypical person cannot fully comprehend the depths of self-flagellation, for want of a better word, a neurodivergent person does, how every criticism or every annoyance you have as a neurotypical person at a neurodivergent person, they are already very well aware of that failing and uh, probably, you know, 17 others that you haven't even considered. And where you might think it's maybe a three on a scale of one to ten, they're looking at it as an eight. Getting permission to forgive yourself is huge. But it's more than that. As the person or as a person around somebody, you get to have that escape route almost. And, and I don't mean that as in as you get, to, you get to tell them to get lost. I mean as in you get to say, okay, let's start again. I have been so frustrated at you, but I love you, but I'm so frustrated. We have another thing that means this relationship, whether it's a family relationship, a friendship, a work relationship, a partner, as in us, you get to kind of go, all right, can we hit the reset? Now that we've got the whole story, it gives everyone permission to exhale and to start again. It is never too late to get a diagnosis. Hopefully, you've heard some stuff today that will help. It's not always easy. You can start with those relationship strategies and say, hey, mum, turns out this is my thing. Um, can we please talk about how we might rewrite our relationship right now? If something helps bring a little bit of understanding or a little bit of peace to the life and the world that you currently live, it's got to be worth being explored, right? Yeah. And there's, um, there's a wonderful rebuttal to the, the DAVE acronym instead of ADHD. I hate ADHD. I hate it. Um, it's the worst. But Dave's not great, let's <laughs> be honest. And there's a wonderful rebuttal. She's like, are you really trying to rename it? Like, did I miss something? We're not doing this, are we? But the, she then comes up and she says, executive dysfunction, dysfunction, variable attention, reduced dopamine. So, Ed Fard. <laughs> She's like, now nah, leave it with me. I'll figure, the, I'll figure something else out. Team Edvard. It is a work in progress, I think, this whole ADHD thing. You are not jumping on a bandwagon. You are just being honest with yourself. Give yourself permission to start being you. All right, everyone, we hope that was useful for you in some way. Um, remember to tell your neighbour, tell your nan, 
Tell your neighbour, tell your nan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even even your nan might have ADHD and Probably needs to start the conversation. Genetic. Yeah. The, the reason we did diagnosis today was because I've had, I've been inundated with requests to talk about how I got my diagnosis, um, but also to talk about what the options are that are available. But yeah, please let us know what you want us to talk about next. If you can give us a couple of days notice, then that's enough for us to get started. So our email is fthemfish at gmail.com and fthemfish, ADHD for grown-ups. On Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I think that's it. Oh no, Twitter. We're on Twitter now. Are we on Twitter Oh God. Well, apparently. You're addicted. I'm not because I don't go on it. Have a look at the socials. Remember to like and share. It's the only way to start the conversation with someone else and to keep that momentum happening. We love seeing the comments. We just love hearing from all of you. And um, I really enjoy making terrible TikTok videos. So Please. my time blindness is killing me. And if... Yeah, go have a look. Check it out. I've got pigtails and everything, honestly. If, um, if you know me in a professional capacity, please don't go look. Like, share, give us five stars. Yeah, five stars only. We're worth it. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will see you soon. Take care. Bye. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future.